What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of You Can't Do That Anymore, our weekly movie podcast where we take movies that we once loved and re-examine them later on to see if they hold up or if our perceptions have changed. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz. With me today is Terrence Tatum. Hello. Anastasia Washington. Hello. <laughs> and joining us from E-Man's Movie Reviews, E-Man himself. How are you, sir? Hello. I just wanted to be part of the group, that's all. Um, but yeah, I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. It's uh, always a delight. I think the last time we talked, we did a movie that ended up being uh, one of the last movies I would see in a theater. That's, that's right. That is correct. We talked about The Invisible, Invisible Man. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a romantic Man, it's movie. It's been a while. Sheesh. We were on Skype. We thought we had it figured out. No one knew that that would be the future of podcasting. <laughs> we, we were ahead of the game. One to kick it off. Yeah. We were using a program that you'd think would have been the winner, but it has died. It was just like the Atlanta Falcons had the, head, the, the lead and everything, and Zoom came from behind. Yeah. And this Terrible. week, we are talking about I don't even know if I should call it a classic or a revered or a an Oscar-nominated movie in some respects. Uh, 2008's Tropic Thunder, a movie that was hilarious at the time. I remember seeing it in theaters and thinking it was the, the funniest thing I had seen. A lot of very uh, pushing the envelope choices, a satire about Hollywood and the choices actors make. E, why don't you tell us about the first time you saw this movie and how you felt about it? Oh, man. Um, it was definitely in theaters. So, you know, the watching a comedy, in my opinion, is always better in theaters because when you're in that group setting, you know, everything is just funnier. Um, you just have, like, that communal experience. So, of course, like, amplify every single joke, like, times 10. Um, and I just remember immediately leaving after you know just talking with my group of friends and everything you know you're reciting all the lines you're you're talking about the crazy things that happened and I mean this was like peak Ben Stiller at the time so it, you went in with the expectation to be laughing your butt off and you walked out laughing your butt off and that is what happened and um you know even when it came out on DVD it was like we got to rewatch this you know, so yeah, it was for its time. My goodness, it was a it was a great great experience. Terrence, how about you? You mentioned having a uh, a story about your first time with this. It's a movie. bit of a long walk. Go with me, guys. Uh, so, um, little inside baseball. Blake and I work for a market research company. I've been with something that exists for uh, for quite some time. My very first time getting hired to that for a different company that I work for now was uh, I got interviewed, went in, got hired. They're like, cool, you're hired. Oh, wait, Terrence, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, uh, nothing, I'm just chilling. It's like, well, you don't technically work for the company yet, and you are black. So <laughs> would you like to go see the screening tonight? I was like, uh, this is a weird way to get into Marjorie. Sure. Get the flyer. It's for a Ben Stiller, Robert Downey Jr., Jack Black comedy. And I'm like, I don't know, why the hell would they want a black person for this movie? This, this is why you don't get much wider than this. Go to, the, go to the lot, 
And the three of them are there. Jack Black, Robert Downey Jr., and, and Ben Schiller are, are in attendance at the lodge. I'm watching it. And about halfway through the film, it clicks like, oh, shit, they want to see if black people are going to get pissed at this. Oh, damn. <laughs> I can see how we got here. But I didn't, it didn't bother me. I was laughing my behind off. I thought it was hilarious. And I thought it was also really funny and really smart for a comedy to put another black character in there to call Robert Downey Jr. out on the BS. Cause that's, if he wasn't there, this could have gotten ugly really fast. And um, because he was there, I just, I laughed from top to bottom. I, don't, I hadn't laughed that much in a very long time. And like everybody else, the second that it came out on DVD, I uh, went and made my now, at that point in time, girlfriend, my now wife, like, you gotta watch this. Uh, she found it funny, not nearly as funny as I did, but she still found it funny. And I was like, oh, this is, this is great, this is great. So that was my first long time one, seeing the process of how this, they try to figure this out and like, all right, do you, are we gonna piss off all the blacks with this? Let's see. That was my long walk with, with Tropic Thunder. So it's always, it's always gonna have a, a special place in me because it's what started me off into this whole side of the market research stuff that we do. You went from being the data they were looking for to finding the data itself. <laughs> yeah. Anastasia, how about you? Well, I saw it in the theaters. Um, I was not um, recruited for any kind of uh, market research. I'm sorry, Terrence. That's all you. Um, we're take half of you, Anastasia. They're like, the other half, we don't care about your opinion. And for them, I'm always like, which half don't you care about right now? Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, and I, I thought it was hilarious. I, I laughed a lot. I still quote, I mean, my family and me still quote like, what do you mean? What do you people mean? <laughs> like, we do that all the time. Especially having a white mom. We love to call her out and do use that all the time it's very fun um i think um it was just like yeah seeing in a theater good energy like all the comedic like feels that you get from what we used to do of like going to a movie theater and hearing comedy or actually going to a theater and hearing comedy <laughs> those are good memories <laughs> um but yeah um i don't think i I just thought when I walked in, like, they don't give a shit who they're offending. And as a comedian myself, I respect that. I don't think I got super offended by anything. I think my mother got a little offended by the, um, like, mental retardation things as a person that works with <laughs> um, special <laughs> needs. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I even thought that, you know, the whole... Um, the whole, you know, black character being kind of like the black like me book, you know, where he like takes on the role of a black man and then is like stuck playing a black man for the rest of his life. I was like, you know, this is kind of a commentary <laughs> and I'm, you know, down to explore it and, and laugh at it. Um, so I don't know. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I think that's why I found I, we're act, some of us are actors, too. So a lot of that hit home to me is that how exaggerated some actors go to 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 put on their performance like i'm gonna lose all this weight well just if you take that even yeah. more i'm gonna go get a 
highly controversial pigmentation surgery. Like, well, all right, cool. I'm in. That's, that's, <laughs> let's but the funny thing is that this actually, like, I mean, if you've ever read, I, I mean, I think most of us were forced to read Black Like Me. I don't know if you guys were. Um, Black Like Me was a guy that legitimately, like, dyed his skin so he could get the Black experience and then was left with Black skin for the rest <laughs> of his life. Um, but he was a white man that chose this. And I think, like, I was always just, like, very curious about, like, what that I mean obviously he wrote a book about it but like what kind of mentality that is and like um I think they really explored it in a very comical way and yeah all of us being in acting in some form or another like there's an expectation about like what what you're supposed to look like what you're supposed to act like and then there's always the white guys that get to play it (laughs) so That is definitely a commentary I completely understand. <laughs> it's interesting, too, that the majority of people behind the camera for this movie are white and made this decision to showcase a deeply problematic side of Hollywood and a, a history behind it. But Terrence, you brought up like the, the skin pigmentation surgery, and I feel like that's the kind of almost sci-fi element that makes you feel a little bit better like he's not in blackface he's had a surgery (laughs) so which isn't better but it's like you know if they had just jazz singer robert downey jr up for this we would not have felt the same way no what like this obsession with blackface i think it should just die like i think it should just die obviously but like i wonder what when it will because they were finding new like you know like i wonder why anybody wants to explore this like i'm just like you know with drake why did he want to do that (laughs) with the blackface i I mean i have no i have no feeling or desire to do it but um i think with the way they did it yeah it feels less like blackface and more like social commentary and i yeah i think the exaggeration of going through the surgery like that in itself kind of helps people mentally distance themselves away from the real action of getting up in makeup and doing the action caricatures and stuff like that um, that traditionally have been problematic. So, you know, look, I I think the reason why, especially, you know, I'll speak for most Black people maybe, um, but I think the reason why there wasn't as much backlash for that at that time was because of the extra layers that they tried to put on this. You know, Terrence brought up a very good point about the fact that you had another black person in there to call him out. That's not something you get in, you know, uh, different films um, where somebody is portraying a problematic character, um, you know, in that fashion. So that element was there. Then, of course, the ridiculous, you know, I'm the dude playing the dude disguised as, you know, like just all of that stuff was so ridiculous that we could sit there and be like, you know what? You're making fun of how ridiculous this actually is to be in blackface in itself rather than trying to, you know, uh, make fun of black folks or portray black people in a negative light. So, I guess, I don't know if this is double entendre or whatever you want to call it, but those multiple layers saved it from being probably the end of Robert Downey's career 
who already had a bumpy career to begin with. So I, I, yeah, and I think it helps, like you said, the in that they weren't, they didn't have Robert being what a normal person that dresses up in blackface typically does a very stereotypical behavior of what they expect the the jazz hands and mammy and all that type of stuff. This was a very different version of that, and and it felt more layered and a lot more realistic and like there are some times when Robert Downey Jr.'s and saying some things that I was like wait is he a black hold on I know he a white dude but he might he might have been at a bunch of cookouts like, he played that a little too well sometimes yeah yeah I, was like, I think hold on now. maybe the casting also helped I know that yeah there were a lot of things going against Robert Downey Jr. but it's really hard to hate him like you know, like even in when he was in jail, everybody loved him in jail. Like every, right. like he just looked like he's that dude that you're like, oh wait, you did kind of a jerky thing, but ah, it's okay. You're yeah, he's a cool bad boyfriend. Yeah. You know, like yeah, that's just that's just Rob, man. He's just yeah. crazy, but he's so funny. He's cool. Yeah, did you see his face? He's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> like he, I remember seeing him during like the, his court cases and stuff. And it was like, if he didn't take him seriously, I didn't take it seriously. I was like, okay, it'll be all right. It's yeah. fine. It's cozy. You know, he's just kind of like so happy. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know if it's happy. It's just like, he's just so, the energy of him is just not super negative to me. I don't know. What? I don't think he would hurt me. <laughs> Correct. What is interesting, though, is that within the, market research stuff while they got a bunch of african-americans to be in their audience and say like this is okay what they didn't do which which just feels a lot more wrong now watching it everything dealing with the mental mentally ill or special needs is just it's it's a lot (laughs) i uh i have felt this time watching it that the obvious thing to be offended about is the the black face but before I move on, I want to make one other point. In most comedies now that try to do it, they just do it as shock. Like The Office or 30 Rock or these sitcoms will just be like, look, it's blackface. And this yeah, but they've all is, been forced to remove that. Right. <laughs> but then, then my point is like, this movie tries to be like doing something and have that statement where normally I think when you see it now, it's just to be like, look how crazy this is and wacky. Yeah, and I think we, Anastasia and I said before we got on uh, is that I would not, I have zero problems with this performance at all. It wasn't until the Academy decided to nominate him where I was like, hold on. Now I have an issue because now these rich old white folks are saying, hey, the best black performance we've seen is the guy pretending to be black who's a white dude. That you know, they like to be doing that. They (laughs) like to be doing that. That extra validation. (laughs) Yeah. can't co-sign on this <laughs> right it's like, you can it. laugh at it you can love it don't give him an, an acknowledgement or don't reward, reward it yes don't play that way yeah agreed agreed yeah but this time watching it i definitely was like the uh portrayal of the mentally challenged people is infinitely worse than anything robert Downey jr is <laughs> doing which is a crazy thing to say they took the like the most offensive thing that I could think of, and they were like, "But what if it was secondary to something else entirely?" <laughs> and they they tried, I felt like, to do the same thing and be like, "Well, we're gonna have a statement of like, you know, when an actor tries to commit, but he's a bad actor, and it comes up insensitive." But in doing so, they make fun of the mentally ill even more. 
Because there isn't a mentally ill person the way there is an African-American person to be like, no. Right. It's I also different. think that they, it would be different if this movie was throwing around the N-word left and right. But we're getting the, the vulgar term of what a mentally ill person a lot. Like the, well, they, that, they, they've been already just saying left and right. Well, we do get the one. We get yeah. the one N-word. And then, and then you know, the, the heart to heart. <laughs> Because you know, for four hundred years, four hundred years, that <laughs> word has held us down. A joke that I still have, like that's it's, it's so it's fantastic. And then, the thing. and then the Jeffersons thing. It was Beautiful. just he snuck it in there so sly, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is hilarious. The theme song don't mean anything true. I'm like, oh, this guy is fantastic. <laughs> that's the thing. He's so, okay, so I do, I do want to point out the. I think that's the. Um, you know, with the mental illness and stuff. Yes, we didn't have, you know, that other voice uh, present. And I think one of the reasons why, back in the day, because let's not act like, you know, Tropic Thunder was the only one to, you know, make fun of the mentally ill. I mean, we're talking about Blank Man. We're talking about, um, you know, a lot of the sitcoms and stuff, like the R word, you know, because now it's an R word. And before it wasn't at that time, um, I think what ended up happening over time was the fact that we actually started to have uh, more awareness, you know, and more sensibility to the people that are mentally ill. The fact that they're people, you know, they're not just these, you know, uh, uh, outcasts of society that don't have living, breathing souls, you know. And, you know, unfortunately, because that was not in this film, it's easier to make fun of it. And it kind of reminds me of like, just in elementary school, you know, when you see someone trip and fall, you know, it's funny until you realize they're really hurt or they broke a bone. Then it's like, oh, now this is real. And we didn't have that moment to be like, oh, this is real, you know? And that's kind of like, I guess it's a little bit ironic because this movie did go full, you know, R word, but that was problematic in itself because, you know, it didn't give any real sense of, like, authenticity to real mental health. And in a weird way, it, it like, furthered the conversation of, like, oh, well, we shouldn't have this kind of portrayal of African Americans or the Black community. We learned that all this is bad. But it normalized saying the R word so much. The biggest quote that I remember from that movie for years was, well, you never go full. Like it, it, it's so, it really is the biggest like one step forward, two steps back for everybody. And it reminds me, you know, I of think America? of oh. America, but it reminds me specifically now of whenever people kind of talk about this stuff we're talking about now, which you can and can't do anymore. They're like, well, if it's comedy that offends everyone, I'm an equal offending opportunist. I offend everybody. I, I'm not... This movie tries to do that and almost proves that you can't because of the imbalance of how you do it. There is somebody there to defend the the black voice. There is a character there, but then when you even get into how they treat um, Al Pacino when he they think he might be gay, and you have one scene of like, did I hear you say Lance? Or even like Jack Black and drug addiction and all these other people that they're like trying to offend. It's you're just doing it so much crazier and it never feels real here. Everything else feels bad. I think that's you know, and maybe you know, I'd love to hear Anastasia you know chime in on this as a comedian. But like that's something that I've always kind of wondered about 
culture sensitivity, but then at the same time being witty enough as a comedian to traverse that area Whereas, no, I'm not, you know, it's not like any one group is protected from criticism or um, above reproach. But at the same time, it's like there is that fine line of saying something that is, you know, ironic or, you know, just funny in a certain sense and just plain insulting, you know. And this movie did kind of get more so to the insulting uh, line as we started to become more aware and sensitive about it um, over time. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's hard in comedy, right? Um, I think it depends on your audience, right? Blake just watched my one woman show and he was like, I felt like that wasn't funny because it's very serious stuff. But to a lot of my black friends, they're like, yeah, we've all been through this and this is whatever, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, it depends on your audience, right? It depends on who you're talking to. But I do feel like there is a line, right? There's a line of like complete, like, and totally putting down people for things that they can't change. And then there's like making light of things and making, having conversations, starting conversations through comedy is like the best thing you can do, right? Like that's the greatest way you can deliver messages. And I think in some aspects of this movie, they did that. They made a conversation about, you know, just uh, not even blackface. It's like about absorbing black culture and taking credit for black culture and being acclaimed for black culture and not being black. Like that, that, that's a huge concept. I mean, I don't think most people thought that they maybe received that, but they did in a little, little bit, you know, as with the <laughs> mental retardation or the, uh, I don't even know, like the, the, the way that they, said it was just a joke it was just there was no sensitivity there was no yeah. awareness there, there was, was no, no saving effect. grace with that yeah, There's yeah no, it was just like you are funny you're a joke they're just it. the punching bag I, I, yeah. I, I feel like for this movie their their main goal was to be of looking at a uh, satirical look at actors and how wild actors go through to go through for a role and they were smart and nuanced with the African-American side of it. But they were just like, I'm just going to treat you like the butt of the joke and not have any type of mm. actual point or messaging or sincerity to anything that's happening with the mentally ill. It's like, you were just here for the jokes. To the point, like you said earlier, Blake, Maria Menudo's just jumps in on it. And I'm like, now everyone is just getting in on this joke. And this doesn't feel it stops feeling funny and starts just feeling bad. You're like, I no longer feel good about this. And then you know, we all dance that line sometimes in comedy, like we do. But I think the intention there was not to to serve a purpose. It was just to make a joke, right. which I think is not sensitive, right? It's just not. I mean, and sometimes you do, like you just make a joke. Like I have a whole thing about Karen's and how, you know, um, Carol Baskins is the new OJ Simpson for white women. And do I care that a whole bunch of white women get offended? Not really. It makes me laugh, <laughs> you know? But I, that is like, I'm not doing it with sensitivity. And I 100% know it. And I think that they were not doing it with sensitivity. They were just like, this is funny as fuck. And that's not what you do in the cases of like diversity and, and the cases of, you know, under privileged or underrepresented and they were clearly confident in that this wasn't offensive because they invited 
a lot of mentally challenged people to see a screening before the premiere, which then got delayed to the premiere, to go, no, no, no. Once you see it, you won't be upset. And not, nothing has backfired more until America's attempt to keep the COVID-19 under control. Yeah, they get out of watching that movie and like, no, this is offensive. This should not come out. They're like, oh, that is not at all how I thought this was going to go. But they did nothing about it. <laughs> no, they delayed it to the premiere of the movie. Like, we, we went through all this effort, to Terrence's point, to get all this market research and data and figure out the who, what, where, and why of this movie. And then the other group that ended up, you know, picketing you, yeah. you sh were like, well, show it to them before it comes out. That'll give us time. That's what's what if fascinating to me with the market research process. They spent so much saying, hey, let's get all the black folks and let's see, make sure that we got this side of it clear. We're good. And they didn't even contemplate or think that anything that they had in there was offensive enough to another group to people that they needed to check that one as well. They're like, no, well, that's very telling that. about the respect level they had for a certain. Exactly. Group yeah. I'm, I'm just that. thinking that because at yeah. that point, it sounded. I, I don't know if they added this, but did they add the LGBTQ community as well? Because I, I'm just thinking, like, if it right? was today, I'm pretty sure there'd be some different boxes being checked off. You know, and and sure. it's just just thinking about all this. I'm just thinking about just that, I don't know, 10 seconds of how all of this could have changed if you just had someone that was mentally ill and approached Ben Stiller's character and was like, I didn't like that movie. You know, just, just within that little moment and just have his character, Ben Stiller's character, be like, huh, you know, and radically right there, just could have introduced a little bit more balance that clearly was lacking. Or if they had even used it to like, cause you know, Ben Stiller's arc in this movie is that he's not a good actor and doesn't know how to commit and he can't cry and he can't connect. And he's now juxtaposed with this character who commits so deeply that he's lost all sense of identity. So at what point do they have the conversation of, you're just lucky you're a good actor because you're doing the same thing I'm doing with a different group of people and getting away with it. Like that almost should have, could have been it too, but yeah, or even if he, if Ben Stiller's character had to audition against somebody with a mental disability and lost because of how good that actor was, that would have been a moment. That would have like been a that. moment. That would have been a moment. I like that. Yeah. Oh, man. Right? Like, ugh, that there was was a I'm lot. ready for this reboot. I'm this, ready for the reboot. We're doing it. Let's rewrite it, you guys. Well, because the actors it. have not learned anything. <laughs> I just want to play still a white guy. get away with I stuff. White guy. You're going to play a white guy? I do. Done. I do. <laughs> Done. I want to play is... a white guy that tries to play blackface. Great. We're here. We're here now. Of race. I like Let's it. go. We're here. I think, too, like, <laughs> even the LGBTQ stuff is it thrown as a, like, punchline and a degradation of, a, of this character. And I think it, again, it's meant to be this, like, the facade of Hollywood. He's writing all these jokes and songs about getting women and how much I love women. And really, he just can't come out. But of course he can't come out. He's in the middle of a war zone. And when he even mentions a male's name, everybody like forgets they're at war and is like, what did you just say? 
Like they literally just stop doing what they're doing and be like, wait, what? And then to the point where Jack Black is tied to a tree going through withdrawal and starts making jokes about him and saying what he would do to him. As He's uh, in, a, in a weird way, the most supportive. He jumps on it right away and is like, <laughs> I'll get you there. Like, I'll get in there and do whatever you need. Whatever it takes. <laughs> whatever it takes. Again, hilarious joke and delivery by Jack Black of him just freaking out of that tree. But the road to get there now, especially is like, Wow, you you made your entire movie about how Hollywood's treatments of the black community and white people appropriating this so far that you then did it with other groups and so the filmmakers didn't even learn the lesson of this movie. <laughs> well, they just focused on one marginalized. Right. And 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 that is what it's it's the major problem of a lot of things they like hollywood it's very like tunnel vision they're like oh we see a problem here but we don't see a problem over here or over here or over here they can't focus they you know and they can't they can't um multitask um so it's it's sad but i i don't think they were ready to stop making gay jokes and they weren't stuck st like you know ready to make stop making you know mental disability jokes they were just yeah. not there yet. It reminds me of, I think it was like a Dave Chappelle and Oprah interview after he left the Chappelle show where they were like, what happened? And he was like, I made a like a joke that he would make on his show. And he's like, and a white guy laughed. But he didn't laugh like he understood what I was saying. He laughed like, look at the funny black guy. <laughs> and it connected with me that I'm not doing what I think I'm doing. I'm just normalizing this behavior because it's, it's it almost feels like there does need to be a warning at the top of this movie that's like, we just throw that R word around like we're on Eminem's first mixtape. We don't care. Yeah, it, it's a lot. I mean, we even when we talk about the Asian community doesn't come off the best here either. They use some words in here that I was like, whoa, well, that's not a word that we use anymore, sir. We need to stop that one. Oh, they're just... They're just the villains in this movie. There is no redemption for their community. It's, they're just there to exist. But yeah. this doesn't take away from Tom Cruise's amazing performance. So I, I will say the first time that he was on screen, I did not realize that it was him. It wasn't until the second time Same. he came on that I was like, oh, crap. Is that Tom Cruise? Yeah, it took a second. It, it took, took a, a second. while. <laughs> to the makeup team because yeah. I seriously was like wait it was i think it was like the dance scene that i was like wait a minute <laughs> yeah it wasn't until he should i remember being in the theater and until his name came up the whole theater just freaked out like yep. every no one knew it was awesome yeah. that was great now i can't unsee it though like now that I see it, I'm like, no, 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 that's Tom. I know it. I see it now. <laughs> you can't trick me twice, Tom. Right. <laughs> Not be fooled again. I've seen the movie. <laughs> they shot like clue type endings, and he's always played by a different character in which cut you get. Yeah. Now that would be impressive. It's yeah. funny. I guess this movie even starts off just because when you think about it, the trailers that come out, uh, Robert Donnie's film with the church and the Toby. young boys it's hilarious satan's um, alley yeah <laughs> you're like oh this is a, that is a, a great beginning statement like look we give no fucks so this is oh this yeah is go for that sets the tone for sure <laughs> right. for sure i mean look the funniest thing because i forgot about the trailers 
I'm sitting here playing this, you know, um, in my room. And, of course, you know, my kids are, like, in the next room. Booty sweat. I'm like, oh, 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 oh my God. Turn the volume down. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, it just like, starts. Watching? Like, it's just booty sweat. It may, but I don't know. I can't explain it. I don't. It's just a and trailer. It's not a real movie. I don't know what to tell you. Now that I, like, work in the entertainment industry and I think about things like budgeting and production, when they do all of these other studio logos a part of me is like how much did they spend to just get a new line logo in front of right this fake with you. Like, that new line logo is not cheap how did they get that <laughs> uh, like it's they, called money it's called money you guys it's called money it's a lot of money for a gag <laughs> yeah i know money well spent i will say that this one is like an all holds barred uh movie but it isn't like that other movie what was that movie that was a compilation of like little comedy sketches it was so bad like movie it's like a movie number 43 yes no. oh wasn't Ugh. that Hugh was and Halle Berry were in that one Ugh. i was that like was i want my money back yeah. that was terrible <laughs> Well, yes, Anastasia, you're comparing a terrible comedy to a comedy that, despite its problems, is hilarious. But this is a movie that's supposed to be, like, no-holes-barred comedy, and I'm like, there's a way to, like, even if you're offending everybody, which this Tropic Thunder offended a lot of people, at the same time, was still freaking funny. (laughs) Well, it shows you... Movie 43 was just not good. Yeah. It was not funny? It was not funny. It wasn't good. Yeah. There's nothing about that that was good. I still want that hour and a half back or whatever. I would be nice. It really shows you the finesse you need in Mm -hmm. comedy. That, like, one wrong move and this whole thing would not have worked. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Comedy is an art, too. It's an art within an art. I mean, just timing. Timing with a joke can make or break a joke in itself. So, and and that's just one layer of it. Like, I think... Chappelle on monologue on Saturday Night Live was hilarious, but there are people who are like, mm-hmm, wait a minute. I think he did it with such because t- he's he's a great storyteller. I think he did it with so much, enough tact that it it got to the joke. Uh, and speaking about the, the the Mercury Age joke, like it got to that joke, and I was like, oh, that's hilarious. I can see how people would be offended by that, but I still think he earned that joke. Um, but I think this movie. Being a uh, Tropic Thunder, I think the one thing that this really has going for it is that social media was not big at the time that this film came out. Because I feel like if it did, this might have gotten buried very quickly. And I mean, you, and wait, you think it will get what? Audience. I don't think they would have even given this a chance before they before they actually got to see it before uh, this actually got viewed by them, and they just started. Why is he in blackface? Not even actually viewing the film to give it a chance. I think that's where this movie kind of got in right under that <laughs> the wire before so i feel know. like enough stuff gets through though like we like social media gets really loud and then a movie comes out and it kind of fizzles away like we've uh to who was on our episode last week jamie's point of cancel culture sort of not existing we kind of keep saying it's there but Mel Gibson's about to release a movie and J.K. Rowling keeps getting royalty checks. We're very and... selective about who we cancel. I mean, like, that's just, that's that just, the, it's just, it's, I, I don't, and there's like, I don't want to be the person that 
says it, but you know, what white people don't get canceled as often. They yeah. get like a timeout in the corner. A, yeah, it's a timeout. You sit there for a minute, you don't do yeah. anything. But I think in, in this case, this is where this gets interesting. If social media existed, yes, the African American audience would have been pissed and like Robert Downey Jr. should be canceled. And then Iron Man drops. And he's like, well, never mind. Yeah. Good side. I mean, Black Twitter <laughs> would have been. Forgiven. Right. <laughs> Black Twitter would have been talking right. <laughs> like a I, lot. Yeah. Um, you know, but, I, I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. I think you would have. So, so one thing I don't want to underestimate with social media, especially back then, um, is what would have the what would the wave of memes do? Mm. Because memes change perceptions, <laughs> and I'm just not to say that people wouldn't. The power have had, of the meme. That's right. Your book. And and I mean, don't <laughs> get me wrong. You would have had the quote unquote woke black folks being like, "Yo, this is problematic." Then you would have had the other folks making the memes that would have been like, all right, this is actually pretty funny. Pretty you know, funny. so I, yeah. I, I don't know what social media would have done. I just know the interme- internet would have acted a whole fool with this movie and they would have run this to the ground. And I would not be surprised if within five years, the same way like uh, Leo's meme from Django is like resurfacing, yeah. I would not be surprised if something from this movie comes up and all of a sudden, you know, a new generation finds it and runs wild with it. Yeah, you really never know when something's going to find a new life now. But speaking of that, with this movie, how do you think you bring it into 2020? What, what's the conversation around it? Or can it just exist? If somebody's going to turn the side who hasn't seen it, what is that kind of like warning label before it? Is it an explanation of satire? Is it just a like, brace yourself and see what you think? Yeah, I mean, I I never want to cancel anything. I think this gets a note of saying like, hey, this is a sat, this is critical look at actors. Um, I think you should be prepared if you are. I wouldn't even say if you're highly offensive because there's offensive for everybody in here. But there's just there needs to be some type of warning of what you're getting into. Um, I would even say something if you want to keep it a joke, like, hey, the first three minutes of this film with these trailers offend you, you probably should back out. Did you watch the, you know, the SNL Bill Burr monologue and get offended? Then did you watch Chappelle's? If you did, don't watch this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. just those are your testers. Did, yep. Yeah. Were you uh, were you angry tweeting after Bill Burr? Don't watch this movie. Yep. Right. Don't just don't watch it because like it's also from a white perspective about Hollywood, right? So like as as progressive as some of the uh, you know the ideas may be and as satirical as they are, it's still from a white voice. And if you can't right. take it from a white voice, don't watch it. <laughs> like, yeah. And you yeah. have every right not to take it from a white voice. I absolutely like but right. like, it's, it's, within your, it's within your right to not oh, watch yeah. it, but I don't think you you don't get that right then to tell other people not to or to cancel it. Like it's it's still exactly. a good enough product that I don't think this should be removed. And but I can understand if you are somebody who's like, I am not comfortable with this film. I am. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think that's a very valid point. I mean, I'm all for the warnings, especially for, you know, the mentally ill, um, you know, the LGBTQ community, um, you know, and even if you want to throw in the blackface, you know, just a little commentary so people can just kind of have an idea of what to uh, expect. But at the end of the day, we should be accountable for our own levels of sensitivity um, and our own tolerance of it, you know? And, and yeah, I'm probably just like you all, like, you know, I could watch it, see how others can be offended, and then I can still be a little bit more thick-skinned, you know, but that's not to say I won't be sensitive about other stuff, you know? So 
it's you know even with cancel culture or whatever like i've always taken things on a case-by-case context you know or basis with context included um and i think this movie is no exception to that well you can also like something and be critical of it like i think every single movie we've done on this podcast so far i've been like i love this movie but let's get some of these problems yeah and you can definitely and you should be you should be having these conversations but again, also, if, you're, if your friend or your family member is offended by it, it may have just hit a nerve that you don't understand. And it's okay. Like, you don't, just don't shove it down their throat, you know? Like, say, don't right. be a dick and try to shove <laughs> yeah. it down them or speak down to them. Like, oh, you just don't get right. it. That, that's yeah, not a part don't of that dismiss either. it. Yeah. Don't dismiss that, that, that whatever past trauma or whatever it is that has been hit by it. it right. This one didn't hit me. But, you know, we are very aware that there are some movies that everyone loves that have hit me in a bad area. And I'm like, no, stop defending it. I don't want to hear it. You know, like, and it's fine. We just have to be respectful to each other. Um, and don't force me to watch uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again. I say Quentin. <laughs> <laughs> just had another long conversation about that movie in my apartment. I'm, I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Why don't you love me? I loved you. Well, no, okay, I'm gonna <laughs> I'll get over it. <laughs> Great. I feel like there's also almost like a historical importance with this movie. Not in that like it changed cinema, but you almost need to know your comedy history to really get what like Jack Black is doing, or even in like some of these other trailers and what they're kind of doing. It's uh, this is the Oscar guy and the action guy and this and then even what it did moving forward, this was one of the first, and I, I used to love it, and now I'm kind of tired of it, two-hour and some change comedy where we suddenly become like a character study. I feel like it's what Judd Apatow started really pushing for. And it's like, for a while there... Just, he needs an editor, but yes. <laughs> I have a list of filmmakers that need an editor. Just. Ooh. Just, yeah. shave, just shave off 30 minutes and we would yeah. be perfect honey. it's amazing how often i'm like the 90 minute movie what a sweet this, perfect thing this is what i was talking about with the timing you a perfect example just a regular example watch snl i swear snl is always like three minutes too long on certain yeah, skits there's always and sketches and i'm like i laughed hysterically at the first two three minutes get out get out get if you just leave yeah. i do this will be iconic it. Until I started watching SNL on Peacock, and I all of a sudden was like, every episode is an hour long? Right. Why would we do this? (laughs) (laughs) Why would we, though? I don't understand. (laughs) This comes on at like 11.30 in New York. I mean, there (laughs) are Saturday pauses. There's a power in the pauses. There's a power and taking things slowly, but there's also so much magic in quickly going through a joke. Just getting the hell out. The joke is hit, we're done here. You got your laugh, get out, let it marinate. You good. Thank you, everybody. Good night. And then I'll let us get out of here, because I'm sure now we have listeners like, take your own advice. Um, Your mama. Just kidding. I love you guys. (laughs) The best part of Tropic Thunder to me is the him just talking to Tyra Banks and that long pause of Someone said they cared about me. <laughs> Someone was close to me. You're like, that's it. That's your joke. We don't need to. We don't now need to do 30 minutes in this POW camp of him acting. We got it. 
as I'm sure you also get it, audience. So we're going to wrap out here. Thank you for listening. You can, of course, leave us a review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and wherever else you're listening to us. You can then go find the show on You Can't Do That Anymore on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at, as always, Blake. Anastasia is at Anastasia W. And Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. Anastasia, of course, does the Hysterical Podcast and Serial Killer, a podcast about history and about serial and serial killers and breakfast cereals in respective order. Terrence runs the Hollywood Already Did It YouTube channel, the offset of our other podcast about movie reboots, remakes, and sequels. That also has trailer reactions and other video essays. I also do the How Do You Figure podcast about action figure collecting. And E, where can the good people find you and your show? Yeah, so E-Man's movie reviews, it's E-Man, just like He-Man without the H. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all the socials except for uh, Parlor or whatever the new thing is. I don't get in a lot of Parlor jokes I, I, this I, week. I don't think I don't think I'm gonna be on that platform. Uh, but uh, yeah, you could definitely come check me out. Um, you know, if you just want a really good time, the Facebook fan page is probably where it's at. We got news, trailers, reviews, uh, and plenty of memes. And uh, YouTube, you know, we're doing uh, the Mandalorian right now, breaking those down and. Uh, probably some other shows and uh, movies coming up too. So check me out, E-Man's Movie Reviews. Google it, you'll find me.